All right. Greetings and happy Wednesday. This is the Desiree Show. First downs and flip tricks on Dash Radio. It is the 10th day of April. And uh, hopefully I don't sound a little rushed. I, I sat in an additional hour plus traffic. It takes me normally about two hours to get here. And it took me about three and a quarter this morning. So, but uh, without further ado, I'm super, super excited to have a woman, a pioneer, a woman who has paved the way for so many um, in skateboarding and just as a human. Um, she's been written about by in Forbes magazine. First woman to have a two-page spread in Escape magazine, um, or actually a, a center page uh, in the skateboard magazines, pardon me. She's in the Smithsonian. Her Pumas are there and some Sims gear, and even her uh, her padded shorts are actually uh, in Washington right now, which is really rad. She is the inductee for 2017 Skateboarding Hall of... 2016, pardon me, 2016. Uh, skateboarding Hall of Fame inductee as well. She's a professional skateboarder. She's a pioneer. Um, countless outlets of her work. Her her imagery actually is actually seen in multiple publications as well for the work she does today. She's also the founder of... <laughs> oh my gosh, my brain. I, I did forewarn you guys. I sat in a lot of extra traffic today, so I'm a little off my A-game, uh, which I can't keep using that excuse. Um Girl's not a four-letter word. She's the founder of, she's been a, a definite supporter of women's skateboarding. I'd like to welcome Cindy Whitehead. Cindy. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, and thanks thanks so much for making the trek in and uh, waiting for me to get here as well today. Uh, LA traffic today was bad. It was bad for everyone. I, okay, I don't know what it is. The last month it has taken, it's been off and on, but it seems, normally it takes me an hour and 50 minutes. I drive 94 miles to get here. And... You know, I broadcast a little earlier, so it's the traffic is a little bit easier. Uh, today, it took me an additional hour and a quarter. Um, I, I don't understand. Cole, do you live here in Los Angeles? Okay, okay. So he, you got bad traffic anyways then too. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's spring break. It's, it's like Mercury in retrograde. It goes on forever. But no, spring break is going on forever as well because they everybody, I mean. like it's the entire three months. I mean, kids yeah. have two weeks at a time and they take uh, the different school outlets. But we're not here to talk about that. I want to talk about this amazing woman in studio. She's uh, she's paved the way for so many. She, You know, and I didn't mention she's also an author. She's got a book out and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, I'm, I'm going to start actually right now. I, I played Get You Goes to Hell by the Suburban Lawns because I thought that was kind of a cool song to start with rather than a Joan Jett song. Um, I did want to play Cherry Bomb, which was the Runaways, um, not Joan specifically, but you were inducted into the Skateboarding Hall of Fame in 2016. You're an inductee. Joan Jett and Bryce Knights gave you your words and, uh, you know, your, in were the announcers for your induction. Joan Jett, I mean, skateboarding, yeah, we have a lot of, uh, we're very connected with the music industry, but how did Joan Jett become part of your life? Well, you know, when I was inducted in 2016, it was very honored, obviously. And they tell you, you can ask whoever you want to do your inductions for the ceremony. And I really wanted a woman. I really felt it was important to have a woman speak for me. And also, you know, somebody from the skateboard industry, which was Bryce, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joan Jett came to mind because she's just played a huge part behind the scenes in my life as far as like being an inspiration, being a powerful woman, being a woman who doesn't give a about anything else people have to say or do. And she's fought really a hard road in rock and roll. So um, 
I just started feeling like, you know, it's always six degrees of separation. Ask everybody you know, somebody knows somebody. And within two people in my industry that I asked, somebody was able to connect me with her management and I sent an email and within, I think it was eight hours, Joan and her manager had responded and said, we'd be thrilled to, she'd be happy to do it. And she was actually coming to the ceremony in person, but she ended up having to have some surgery, so she was unable to fly during that time. But I was really pleased that she was able to do that for me. Yeah, that's right. Yes, she, she said, um, Cindy is all about breaking rules, taking risks, asking for what you want, and not shrinking yourself to be the light. A girl after my own heart. Yeah, that meant a lot to me, because sometimes, you know, you don't shrink yourself, and you get a lot of crap for it um you know there's always if you fly under the radar is my theory no one says anything and you're golden if you choose to make a difference or you choose to speak out or speak your mind there's always going to be pros and cons there's going to be people who love you and there's going to be people who hate you there's not very much gray area there you got to be okay with that and it's it's hard to every day wake up and be okay with that yeah if you're just tuning in i'm joined by cindy whitehead you can follow her follow her on instagram at um, Sports Stylist or uh, Girls Not a Four Letter Word as well, her website. Um, let's, uh, gosh, there's so many facets that are so interesting to you. I, I do want to talk about your book as well. Um, let's talk about your first board. What, oh, was your, who, what was your first setup? My first skateboard was a black knight. It had clay wheels. It was awful. But, you know, it's what we had. And it was a step up from, I guess, they had metal wheels before that. And I have pictures of me riding at Hermosa Beach on this big, huge, long driveway we had in front of our house. So at least I have pictures of that. I probably was about eight years old, nine years old, maybe, at that time. And then after that, you know, Bane skateboards came, Cadillac wheels. It was great. Things just progressed really fast after that. But that was my first board, and I still have it. Wow, that's amazing. That is super. Now, do you still have the Holly Hobby? Oh my God. Sorry, you saw <laughs> I that had picture. to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's an iconic picture. Holly Hobby doll sitting in a beach chair with my surfboard in the background and me holding about three skateboards. Yeah, that's just a whole mess of something going on. No, no Holly Hobby dolls. You know, but I, what I love it is the, the innocence, um, the youth as well that you had in that photo. And I, and I you know, I'm, I'm privy because you shared that with me via text a, a while ago, but it really resonated in my heart um, of just this, this young kid who just loved to skateboard. Now, how did you start skateboarding? What was it that, you know, was it a Christmas present? Was it a friend or, you know, how did that happen for you? I, I think the thing that got me back into skateboarding once Cadillac Wheels came along was getting a skateboard for my birthday and knowing that my brother wasn't great at skateboarding. He was great at a lot of things and I always tried to follow him into every sport. Was never as fast or as good as him. He was four years older. And skateboarding, I realized right away, like, I can do this, and this is good, and I have fun at it. But an immediate response was, hey, I'm better at it than he is. He can't do a 360. So that was, like, immediate gratification. And then after that, it was freedom. It was really about freedom and getting on your board and going anywhere you want in the beach cities. Well, and then, you know, this this uh, escalated fast for you. Because uh, how, how old were you? You said you were 9, 10-ish when you got your first board, which you know, with clay wheels, which was a different resurrection from when you really kind of focused on skateboarding, I think. Yeah, that was just a board that I had. And then, you know, we lived in Mexico and Guatemala for a while after that. So I really surfed. I didn't skate there on that road trip for a year and a half. When I came back, I think it was like 14, 14 and a half when I got that board. Okay. And from 14 and a half 
to 16, you were a professional vert skateboarder. Well, 14 to almost 16, I was amateur. And then when I was turned 16, around 16, I turned pro. Amazing, amazing. Plexiglass versus concrete. Oh, wow. Plexiglass. There's nothing, <laughs> Sorry. You, can, there's nothing you can say about plexiglass except for it's super slippery. Uh, that ramp in the centerfold was very, very narrow. There were nets on either side to make sure if you fell off, they caught you. But they removed one whole siding of the net to shoot me, and that was really sketchy. And um, I, I learned very on an early age that I like to be behind the camera, like as a stylist or whatever, not so much in front of the camera because I get really bitchy. <laughs> like, why well, put that net back up? And um, so I, you know, changed my board out to Kryptonics, blue Kryptonics. They were super grippy and okay, they always gave me wheels. Yeah. So that helped a lot. That really helped a lot with that ramp. Uh, any Coca-Cola? Because I know like we've done that, you know, put Coca-Cola down uh, for for slick surfaces, you know, whether it's uh, rain or it's cement. Um, we've like given it a, a little Coke bath. Ah, I've never tried that. But on the plexiglass, you really probably couldn't do that because you need to get, there's nowhere to drop in. You have to fakey up to get height. So you're constantly pumping. It's really exhausting, actually. You know, now you can drop in on any ramp around. But back then, you had to fakey to get up high. So every time you stopped shooting, you had to start faking again. And so if you had anything that was that type of service like Coke slowing you down or making it grippier, you'd have a hard time faking, I think. Okay, double-edged sword then. Because yeah. you don't want to slip out in the... Right on. I, we had a really crazy experience. We were in Italy doing a demo, and uh, we were all skating on a on uh, metal ramps. And there was a lightning storm, and it wasn't grounded, and so everybody had to kind of run down. But plexiglass, you wouldn't have to deal with that. But I was thinking, you know, with the metal ramps, you have to deal with that as well, or they need to be grounded. No, but I think metal ramps are are harder. Like I used to skate metal ramps with Gail Webb on her shows and stuff, and I think metal is actually harder because. In the heat of the summer in California, they get really, really hot. So if you fall, that's a bummer of a situation. And it's just, it, I, I'd rather ride plexiglass than metal, I think. Okay, okay, there we go. And then uh, cement versus masonite or cement versus, I mean, it wasn't masonite back then because it was uh, plywood. Um, plywood, yeah. I yeah. mean, I remember skating a plywood ramp, mid-ramp, quote unquote, uh, early 90s in San Pedro. And that was uh, on like 38s, dropping yeah. in with 38s. Like it was nuts. I don't know why I did that, but, and it was late. <laughs> yeah, we used to steal plywood from construction sites and make portions of ramps and put them up anywhere we could. Um, for me, skate park versus ramp, two totally different things, and I love them both. I, two different situations. Okay. And your first trick? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I started out doing freestyle because everybody started with freestyle before skate parks were built, and the one near me hadn't been built quite yet. So freestyle, I would say Daffy's 360s, one-footed 360s, one-footed nose wheelies, um, those kind of tricks, you know, that everybody learned. And freestyle was fun, but it just didn't get to me like vert skating did. Once vert came along, I was like, that's it for me. No more freestyle. That's amazing. Now, and let's talk about that too, because vert skating then, there, how many women were trying to skate vert? There weren't that many. I mean, probably a couple handfuls, you know, and we'd really only see each other when we went to contests. We'd, you know, my friend Judy Oyama lived up in uh, Santa Cruz area and I met her at a contest. And then of course we'd see each other at each contest and we'd write letters because, you know, it's too expensive to call back then. Mm -hmm. So different now. And, um, 
you'd hear about other girls, but until you saw them at that contest practicing, you really didn't know what they were doing, what they had accomplished trick-wise, what was going on. We didn't have social media. And magazines weren't really weren't covering the girls that much. And if they did, it was like, what, three months behind. So you really didn't know. It was kind of the element of surprise, which was kind of cool. You'd hear through the grapevine, like some guy would say, oh, so-and-so is doing this. you know. But you really wouldn't know till you got there. Okay, that's pretty awesome. Now, your thoughts on now versus then. You mentioned a positive and a negative. I mean, you mentioned both positives there. What are the other things that kind of hit you the strongest? I, I think now versus then is like we didn't know what was going on with other people until we got there. We were excited to see each other because we didn't see each other that often. And now it's very different. You know, you have social media. Everybody knows what everybody else is doing. And um, it's a good way of self-promotion. It's a good way for sponsor promotion. It's so positive for the girls in so many ways. But it also has its negatives. You know, people can, you can have um, a lot of trolls on social media. And I see the girls having to deal with it. And that's something we didn't have to deal with. If somebody wanted to say something to you, they had to say it to your face. And I'm big on that. Like, if... Somebody calls me out on social media, which has happened recently, actually, an old school skateboarder. I'm not going to name his name, but he called me out on Facebook and said something really derogatory. And my response is, I get right on, you know, direct message or if I have your phone number, I'll call you and I'll say, let's have this conversation. And you say that to me directly and I'll respond, but don't leave negative comments on social media. And that's what the girls have to deal with now. And I think that's really hard. No, it's it's rad though, and what you just shared is integrity and respect, and something that I was raised with in skateboarding, um, sort of a protocols, and you know, I mean, in within photography, within skateboarding, um, there's always been sort of an underlying respect, you know, um, and community, and you don't have to like people, but you respect them. That's one of the rad things about skateboarding is you can show up to a, a park or a session somewhere and. You might not know who's skating, but or you might not like them, but you see them trying a trick and trying a trick and trying a trick, and when they land it, you're stoked for them, and you're whacking your board, or you know, you're giving them props. Uh, how is that? That has changed a little bit in in the world today because skateboarding has gotten so big. How? I mean, by your example, I mean, or how? How are you able to sort of? make that imprinter continue to educate this youth right now about what you're doing and what skateboarding means? I think for me, you know, Girls Not a Four Letter Word is comprised of a team, it's a movement, it's a website, it's a lot of things, social media. But first and foremost, it's about promoting every single girl out there. It doesn't matter if you ride for us, it doesn't matter if um, we saw you have a beef with another girl or there was a problem or whatever, the main focus is everyone is treated equally. And we talk about everyone we can um, as much as we can, and we try not to leave people out. Because I saw that there was a need for that, and it wasn't being done. It was like this one was talking about this group or this, this group. And I get that. When you have teams in sponsorship, those are the people you should be talking about. But who's talking about everyone in general? There wasn't that happening. So that's kind of what we tried to do. And, you know, a lot of people think that's really cool. Some people may think it's uncool. Um, I don't ever think it's uncool to be nice. So that's just my philosophy. So how did, how did Girls Not a Four-Letter Word start then? It started with a backyard barbecue with um, the creative director of Dusters California, which is part of Dwindle, and um, Michael Brook from Concrete Wave Magazine, and we're just throwing out ideas and talking about stuff, and Michael said, you guys should do a board together, and next thing you knew, we were doing a board together, 
And I had this name in the back of my head for a long time. I said, let's call it girl is not a four letter word. They wanted it to be like a Cindy Whitehead model, not a pro model, because obviously I'm OG, but, um, and my thought was, you can put my name on it, but let's make it about more than just me and my history. Let's make it about all girls today and what we need to empower them with. So that's how it came about. And that's how we started using the words in, you know, like e-commerce basically. And then it kind of mushroomed from there. Then came the website and the apparel and the book. And it's just one thing that led to another. Yeah. Now, and the, the, the rad thing is, is that you, you mentioned this earlier is you, you don't limit it. You don't limit it to girls that ride for you. You don't limit it to certain groups. You, it's, you probably have more knowledge about all or, and have, of all the youth coming up and current women skaters right now with a really rad, I mean, even poppy star, you know, of just how she, you know, how she supports herself to get to go to events. And I think that's probably shifting for her as well right now. And it might have already, but you know, making cards, um, how, you know, did you realize the impact you would have by starting what you have started? No, I, I didn't. In the beginning, when we started the website, I thought to myself, God, how am I going to post every day or every other day or even twice a week about girls skateboarding? It's just not that much content out there. And quickly we saw that changing. And there's times during the day when all of a sudden, you know, I'll get a text or I'll see something and I'll be like, oh, breaking news. This just came out. We got to post about it right away. And people tell me that it is the destination to go to to find anything you want to know about current women's skateboarding. Now, obviously, we might miss something here and there. Um, things fall through the cracks because there's a lot going on. But it's nice to watch these girls grow up and like Poppy Star, you know, she was designing jewelry, her card line, she's artistic. Um, She's getting a lot more help financially now, but you can always use more. I mean, she's coming from Australia to the U.S. since she was 12 or 13 years old, traveling by herself a lot of times. That's, That's a lot. But she did that to, you know, better herself and make a mark and be a player here in the U.S. where all the big contests were. So I think it's great. Yeah, no, and also Lizzie. I mean, Lizzie, it's been really exciting for me as well to watch Lizzie sort of really blow up. And a lot of girls, Nora, um, there's a lot of girls blowing up now. I mean, right. I should mm-hmm. say, you know, blowing up, I quote, quote unquote, I guess. I mean, they have been, but there's this new surge where they're being included um, more so on, you know, which I was always on is the guys tours, you know, and they're being asked to go on these guys tours and, you know, um, it's really rad. And, but what I get stoked on too is there's some girls I follow that just street skate, you know, and they're not pros, they're skating for fun and the sessions and what it resonates to me about skateboarding, it it gets me hyped. You know, um, there's a few, like, uh, Hillary, uh, who is Omar Salazar's girlfriend, um, is also a model, but she's out skating all the time. Her friend Charlene is an actress and also a skater. But those girls are actually hyping me up too. Yeah, I like seeing that. You know, I I like all the contest scene. I like that we're going to the Olympics. I think it's really helping being an equalizer for the girls. But what I really love seeing is girls who are doing it just because they think it's rad and they're finding backyard ramps or they're making a ramp or they're skating a backyard pool or whatever it is. And I like that getting back to our roots because for a while I felt like maybe we were losing that, especially with girls because they didn't grow up with it and they grew up with skate parks. And I was hearing things like, oh, I only want to skate a skate park because it's man-made and it's made a certain way. But you need to skate everything to be able to be versatile. And I watched that with Jordan Barrett especially. She's out there skating everything. Um, And, of course, Jules Lynn was too and still is. Um, 
But I really like seeing that. And, you know, some of the other girls I see blowing up, Brighton Zoyner, um, Lizzie, as you mentioned, Nora, Jordan, Poppy, all these girls are just, just killing it out there. And they're getting more and more recognition. Yeah, and there's great. some rad street skaters, too, as well. That, you know, so, um, Mariah, Mariah Durham, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah really. Durham. She's out from uh, New Mexico, like, charging all these rad... Um, ditches in New Mexico like I don't know I just there's a lot of um you know and there's a bunch of other women as well that are charging and ripping on the streets too it's just really cool yeah I think it's great and I think like uh you know the film quit your day job was a really great introduction to that because it was primarily street skating and it was all women there was a little bit of vert in there but mainly street skating and like Samaria was in there Lacey and yeah Lacey and all those girls and I think it was great Minna Stuss even you know she just turned 12 last week shout out Minna happy birthday um yeah. But these girls are just killing it out there and they're skating anything and everything. And that's what it's about. What's well, rad as well about Minna is that she's not homeschooled. Yeah. Which Minna, I love. Minna you know? goes to school full <laughs> time and, and she's, she's rad. And, you know, a thing I like about Minna is like she can skate street. She can just throw it down anywhere she goes. But she also like the first time, one of the first times I ever saw Minna on social media was her dropping in on the mega ramp at Woodward. And I was like, who is that girl? And then I saw her flying off the top of a minivan, just launching off the top of a minivan. I think she was like nine or 10. I called up her mom and I go, I need to know this girl. She's rad. <laughs> so yeah, Minna's pretty much killing it. Minna's Des is rad, yeah. And her family as well, her parents and her brother as well. We went out to their facility actually a few years ago during uh, Super Bowl 50 um, out to their, like they have that, the whole park, the indoor park they have, which is cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. All right. Uh, if just tuning in, I'm joined by, once again, Cindy Whitehead. I, I do have to say, Cindy Whitehead, I Google Cindy Whitehead, and there's also a woman in pharmaceuticals who primary concern is women. It was pretty rad. She owns two pharmaceutical companies, but her primary purpose is to help women-needed drugs and women-owned companies. Yeah, also. and actually, that Cindy Whitehead's a good friend of mine. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> when she saw I was being inducted in the Skateboard Hall of Fame, it kept coming up on her Google alerts. So she tweeted at me uh, the day before saying, hey, good luck tomorrow night, congrats. And we struck up a friendship, and we've had dinner and lunch together, and uh, we get together when she comes out to L.A. for various functions. And it's really funny because we have very much the same principles about women and where they're headed and how we'd like to help them. But we look like total opposites. She's dark hair. She's very put together. She always wears hot pink. She's super rad. She's just got an infectious laugh and just a really cool person. Um, but we look like polar opposites. And she told me a story where she was in New York for a meeting once. This guy walked in and he said, oh, I'm here to meet Cindy Whitehead. You're the skateboarder, right? And she's like, no, I'm the skateboarder. <laughs> the pharmaceutical <laughs> And he knew that, but he thought the Two people were one. Yeah. And we do get that a lot. Like I get people saying to me, I didn't know you created the libido drug for women. And I'm like, no, no, that's not me. It's the other Cindy Whitehead. In my spare time, I did that. You know? oh, I wish. It's a great thing she did. Yeah. Well, no, it was so crazy because I mean, I, I mean, it was just nuts to, to see that. It was really cool. Like, and you know, that what she is doing in a totally different realm um, and what you are doing, but also for the same in some ways, very similar paths, but different outlets. Yeah. And, you know, she's been a great supporter of Girls Not As Four Little Words. She wears the apparel. She's um, sung our praises to various magazines who have then featured us. She's she's awesome. I mean, I can't say enough nice things about her. I've met so many nice women who are very powerful, who are always about helping other women. And that's exactly how I feel, that women are not the enemy. Women are to help other women get a leg up. 
Yeah, and I'm going to read something as well now. Um, people said, you're a woman entering a man's field. I said, no, I'm a reporter entering a journalistic field, Michelle Tafoya. That's how I've always felt with my photography, with any, with any of my endeavors, snowboarding when I competed, um, skateboarding, primarily with my, you know, and also my photography. But I feel like that also is the same for you. Okay. Yeah, I would say back in the 70s, I didn't know I was a girl entering a boy's or a man's field because nobody told me any different. And skateboarding was so new. Now, I think years later, if I look back, you know, 20 years after that fact, I might view that a little differently than I did then. But the sport was so new and everything was just so freeform that nobody was saying only boys could do this. You saw a lot of boys doing it. But there was no rule that said boys only can do this. You just knew that there weren't as many girls. But I didn't think it was wrong to do it. I just thought, hey, it looks like fun. Let's do it. Yeah. No, and that's how it was for me even with football. I mean, I was on the boys team, uh, one of three girls, my friends, my three friends, my three best friends, Kim McCool, Leslie Pittman, and myself were all on the boys football team. I was a running back um, because I was raised going to USC games. So I saw the best of the best, you know, and, uh, you know, of players play. And so that was, you know, Marcus Allen was my hero. I mean, you know, it wasn't, and I was never told, I was always raised, uh, why be a nurse when you could be a doctor? And there's nothing about, nothing wrong. I love nurses, amazing. But for me, my mom would always say that to us, of just like nothing is out of your reach. Yeah, I agree. Nothing is out of reach. I do think though, um, you know, until recently with women's skateboarding, we have seen where, they're pushing, pushing, pushing and not getting the support that they need. So that is a bit, you know, not a bit. That is a problem because what I see in women's skateboarding until now, until the last year and a half or two, is girls dropping out by the time they're in their early 20s because they can't financially make a living to compete. Now, if you want to skate for soul skating because you love it, absolutely do it your whole life. But if you're trying to make a living off it and be like a Ryan Sheckler or Tony Hawk or, you know, anybody who's sustaining themselves through skateboarding, that wasn't really possible for most women. And that is changing. And I love seeing that because if that's your career goal and that's what you want to do in life, how awesome is that, that you can now do that and support yourself? Yeah, no, it is sick. I, I was stoked. Actually, Vans, uh, the Vans Skate Park has that photo of Lizzie up now. And I was so hyped. Uh, it's been a long time since I think Carabeth was up there at one time, but it's been a long time since I've seen a woman skater on there. It was really cool. I'm it was super cool stoked. to drive up and see that. Yeah, really huge. That's I mean, like so it's, it's a game changer. I mean, girls need to see and women too need to see other women breaking those barriers, if you will. And, and, being visual because it allows them to know that they can do it too. You and I might be a little bit different. We might say to ourselves, it doesn't matter if we see another girl, we're going to do it anyway. There are a lot of girls out there that don't have that sort of same attitude or maybe there's nobody at home telling them they can. So they need to see those visuals. So I think it's super important, the big, huge visual of Lizzie on the side of Vanscape Park. Yeah, it's pretty, it's really sick. Okay, now let's see, uh, your your uh, mentors or the people that you looked up to, I mean, I mentioned Marcus Allen, I mean, you know, I mean, but who, when you were young, uh, who were those, when you started skating seriously, who did you look up to or who inspired you? Maybe they weren't a skater, maybe they were another athlete, maybe they were something else. You know, um, there were a lot of different people. I think for me at home, it was my grandmother. She was the one telling me, you know, you can do anything you want. 
And um, she never let me think it was a boys club. And she was the woman skateboarding was dying was like, you should start windsurfing. That's the next big thing. Let's get you on a windsurfer. And so she was always like progressive in her thinking. So I had her and I surrounded myself with friends who were the same sort of mentality. And I think that's what's super important. Um, role models for sure. I definitely had those as well, you know, in the sports community, people I looked at and looked up to. I mean, Tracy Austin, who was a tennis player who lived not too far from me, who I never actually met. I just thought she was really rad. It was like all the things that she did and um, the bark that she was making at the time, you know, Billie Jean King, obviously breaking barriers. There's a lot of women in sports and men too, not just women. So um, yeah, there's a lot of people, but I think if you surround yourself with people who are like-minded, it's really, really helpful because all the naysayers drop off your radar. No, and that's, and that's kind of what skateboarding really was. And I think it still is, but it's gotten so big. It's tough to, it's so weird because it's gotten so big in the masses, but the industry itself still struggles financially. You know, and I think there's a misconception for a lot of people like, well, why can't I get sponsored? And it's like, well, no, there's, there's a lot of people out there that are gnarly that aren't getting the attention, you know, aren't getting that monetary backing or uh, travel budgets or whatever it might be. And so it's kind of a weird time right now too, in some ways, even with the Olympics coming, people are, oh, it's blowing up. Skateboarding is huge, but it's still, you know, the, 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 the true brands, the true skate brands still struggle. Yeah, I think they do. And I think for women, you need those core skate brands to um, be, you know, kind of had a legitimacy to your career. But women also need to look outside the skateboard industry for those endorsement deals that are going to pay them to be able to travel. Like, you know, the Vans Tour is coming up. The first stop is, um, oh gosh, um, Brazil in June, I think, or mm -hmm. May. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's May. Um, well, there's four or five stops for the girls this year, and they're in amazing places like London and Brazil and, um, no, not Australia, somewhere else. But it costs money to get to those places. So maybe if you're the top, or girls, maybe your sponsors are going to throw down that money for you get there. But the girls below that, who's paying their flights and their hotel and to get them there? And that's important, right? So if the skate industry can't support that, because it can't support everyone, it's like you said, it's financially not possible. Um, the money has to come from elsewhere. And what our job has been is to try to look outside the skate industry and see where we can put people together. Um, we did something similar for Hunter Long, who a vert skater mm -hmm. she wanted to go to china for the world vert championships and poppy was there too and um ariana cremona was there and um you know we found a sponsor outside of skateboarding who just actually fell in my lap and said hey we'd like to help with this and they helped her out but that's what it's about is finding those people who are going to help that aren't always in the skate industry and i think girls have a really great position with that right now no, it's, it's much broader. I mean, and I mean, I'm bringing Lizzie up again, but you know, target and, you know, I mean, you know, different, uh, there's there, like you said, there's just so many other options as well, but the, the priority also to keep with those core brands as well at some level, because, you know, for me as a photographer, I knew that I shot a lot of ad photos, but I knew that I also needed to work on my portfolio with editorial. And so, because my name needed to get out there that was in the skate mags. And so I shot primarily took a, a big budget cut you know, to shoot editorially, but, but needed to, to, to make, 
make me relevant yeah, or make, you know, that's what you had to do. That's just not, not just me, but I mean, any photographer, you have to have them build a name editorially as well uh, to get those ad photos too. Yeah, it's any, it's any career. There's, there's the high end stuff and there's the other stuff you do for passion and there's the other stuff you do for name recognition. There's all different parts and facets. And that's what I really like about watching Lizzie over the years, the positioning. Um, she's a hard worker. I mean, it's not just skateboarding for her. I've, been with her um, up in Hollywood at a hotel where she was doing a promotion for Frosted Flake cereal. And they reached out to me and said, do you want to cover this for girls? Not a four-letter word. And I don't even know if she knew I was coming. You know, she had been inundated with people from regular walks of life doing these interviews. And I saw how hard she works. And people don't understand that. It's not just about skateboarding. And it takes a lot out of you doing those interviews and promotions and all the things she does. And, um, you know, a lot of times people in skateboarding use the terms sell out about people and all sorts of things it is definitely not there's a lot of hard work and she earned all that i mean all these girls are earning it yeah no totally and i firsthand as well know with all the you know with just doing that vans event of just how i mean i had a lot of compassion i mean oh she is i mean they're i mean and it's not just lizzie there's like you said there's a few other women that are really there's a lot of women working really hard but there's a few that are really it's crazy, you know, and I think of Lizzie and Nora and Jordan and, you know, there's quite a few girls that are doing it, but they're, it's a lot of work. You know, they are professionals, quote unquote, they are professionals. They're having to show up to places, uh, speak, like you said, for brands, do commercial shoots or whatever it might be. Um, and it's not, it, it's an, it's a blessing, but it's hard work. Yeah. It, I mean, there's interviews, you know, people say like, okay, Nora was just in Rolling Stone and they've done an interview with Lacey and Letitia in the past, mm -hmm. which I love that they're branching out like that. That took time. You know, that took time out of her day, meeting with a reporter or doing it over the phone, whatever it was, her being on her A game for that interview, possibly shooting photos for that interview. And, you know, I think it's hard for me when I hear not about Nora, but in general, oh, so-and-so is so lucky or um, that sort of mentality because the people who are doing these things are working really hard at it. It takes away from their personal life. They might have to say, hey, I can't do the things that I want to do in my fun time because that is now taking up that fun time. Or they're getting up at 5 a.m. because I know I've been there and you have too to do an interview mm -hmm. um, because of a time difference or whatever. And Nora is working extremely hard. Lizzie, Jordan, um, Brighton, uh, Poppy, all these girls at the top level are working very hard in all aspects of their career. And I think credit needs to be given there. Yeah, no, totally. And I, and I mentioned a few names and I don't mean to limit um, either because there's, there's a lot, it, yes. it's just, it, there's a lot of girls working their ass off. It's really cool. Or, it, you know, I mean, it's just, we could spend like 15 minutes naming girls because yeah, totally. there's so many good ones. I just thinking of what's been out recently. And I think we're batting those names around, but that's not to discredit anybody else in the female skate industry because all those girls are pushing hard and working hard towards a common goal. Yeah. I'm going to shift gears for a minute, sort of, uh, Atita. We both had the opportunity to have met her. You did a, a story on her as well. For me, she resonates all of what skateboarding that I love, um, she has in her heart. And uh, it's so refreshing. Do you think we're going to see more? Um, you know, and I, I don't know how to put this because I know there's there's so much, there's so much glam, not glamour, but there's so many people trying to jump on the bandwagon. Um, and... There's so many people skating, but a lot, like you mentioned earlier, a lot of the girls don't know that, like, they're used to the skate parks where Atita started building a skate park 
with cement, not knowing anything of what she was doing and just went for it. And it reminded me of setting up my first board or, or helping build the backyard ramps and stealing plywood or, or sheets or whatever I could get to bring to go skate it because you had to build it to skate it, you know, if you wanted to. Is that possible in today's world here in California or in the U.S.? I think it's a little different here than what Atita is uh, going through or, or is doing because it's such a rural community where she's from and skateboarding is so predominantly, and it's a new thing there. And they really um, don't know if it's a boys or girls sport because it really isn't. It's it's an everybody sport. Um, she is a bit different because there aren't a lot of girls skating. If you look about the and girls skating in India, it's very young girls that she's taught to skate or it's her, really. There's a few in the in-between age level. But, you know, as she was telling me, you know, people get married. Um, there's arranged marriage still. There's a lot of things going on in that country that we don't have here. So I think our trajectory for girls in the sport is a bit different. Um, hers is very grassroots and very Refreshing. like core. Yeah, it just reminds me of the 70s and um it's interesting. I hope it doesn't get, I don't want to say tainted, but I hope it doesn't change for her um, how she feels or anything as it develops because she's so pure and so good. And I just, the light in her eyes is just amazing. Yeah, no, totally. I And I know that after, even after with this new campaign with Vans that a lot of attention on her, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of people finally getting, getting to meet her and, um, and I hope, and she, but she does seem to have, sort of a very special um, cornice and uh, soul that she has. And I hope it doesn't get tainted either. I think, it, I think, I hope it doesn't, you know, I don't think it will. I, I don't think so either. I think she's, she's special. Pretty, yeah. I mean, she's not just, uh, but. Yeah. And she goes back home to India and does her thing. So I think it really keeps her grounded. Yeah. All right. We were running out of time. I'm going to, uh, I want to talk uh, also quickly about, well, it, Vans, you just mentioned the Vans Park Series. I don't mean to be, keep giving Vans stuff, but Vans is has matched uh, the women's prize to the men's, which is phenomenal. Added, there's five different Vans uh, skate park series for the women. Is that did I just say that right? Yeah. Well, they matched the women's money to the, the men at the combi. Yeah. I don't know what the prize money is yet for the Vans tour, but they have added stops to the tour, which is amazing in itself because that gives more opportunity for more money for the people who are competing. 2020 Olympics are really going to impact the women as well. But your thoughts, I know you said you're for it. Initial thoughts when you found out this was going to happen. I was excited. I knew it was in the works for quite a while. Um, I had, you know, been speaking to people. I'd been seeing things. I was excited um, for it. It's a natural, well, I'm not going to say natural progression. It is a progression. We saw it with snowboarding. I saw good and bad. Um, but I saw a lot of good for the women in snowboarding, you know, Shannon Dunn and, all these girls, like, um, they fought so hard for women in skateboarding, and Burton has been there all the way. Donna Burton Carpenter, I can't say enough great things about her. Um, and we saw what happened with women in snowboarding and, and what it did for them. And I think the same can be true of women in skateboarding. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for your insight on that. Uh, your book, I mean, your book was phenomenal, came out in twenty. 20- uh, 12? Is that correct? No, no. Wait, no. no. My book Pardon just me, 20, came, 2015. 2017. 17. It oh, just came my. out. Actually, less. <laughs> actually, it's been less than a year. It seems like it's been more than a year. I thought it had been, been out for a while. No, it just, okay. just came out last year. And um, our goal was we formed a small publishing company under Girls Not a Four Letter Word when we produced the book. 
And we decided to produce content for women that we didn't see out there. And the second book is coming out next month. And it's by a, a UK photographer named Charlotte Thomas. And her book is called Concrete Girls. So we're publishing it for her under the Girls Not a Four-Letter Word publishing company. And um, she will handle everything else from there. But we're so excited to be involved in it because it's the first book on girls UK skateboarding. And it's phenomenal that we get the opportunity to be involved in yet another project like we had last year. No, that's amazing. Maybe I need to talk to you. I was going to talk to Vans about doing a book, but maybe I need to talk to you guys. <laughs> no. oh, I'm, all about, I'm all about books that empower women. That's for sure. I think it's important. Did you skate ever? Do you ever skate Romford? Did I skate where? Romford. No. Okay, we did. It's pretty crazy. Only because it was built in the 70s. So was, uh, we went on a, we were in, on tour in Europe and we went and skated that place. It was oh, all, cool. yeah, it was pretty sick. But I was thinking when you said she was from the UK, that would be rad. Uh, best place for people to purchase your book? Well, the easiest place is probably Amazon.com. If you're outside the US in Australia, Jimmy Skate and Street, and we have distribution in Australia through Demon Distribution. So in Europe, they're the best place. But in the US, I would say Amazon.com or directly on Girls, not a four letter word.com. But it is in bookstores and specialty stores and skate shops and surf shops like all over the country. Right. Okay. And it's called It's Not About Pretty a book about radical skater girls and you and your husband also, Ian, uh, I mean, worked, collaborated together with this as well, from what I understand. Yeah. And also, um, Elise Krieger, she is our, um, designer on the book. Ian did all the photography. I did all the words and production aspects and promotion and selling <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And Elise and Ian did all the creative stuff and it came out amazing. And she is a force to be reckoned with. She is somebody that you know, I met online. She reached out to me saying she wanted to work with us in some aspect. And over the course of time, I thought of this idea and she'd already done a few things. And we're like, hey, do you want to work on this? We worked with her remotely for six months putting this book together. She was in Florida. I had never met her. I did not meet Elise till after the book was published and out. So I'm super thankful to Ian and Elise because without the two of them, I thought the three of us, you know, combining forces, the book wouldn't have happened. Right. No, it was amazing. Thank you. Um, and, you know, and I wanted to, and we find out, I'm going to have to have you back on hopefully, but you also, as your career is, you, I mean, well, you've been, you're on the 405, uh, you know, <laughs> skating on the 405, <laughs> you made huge headlines in 2012, but we've got to, we're running out of time. Um, but I, one quick last shout out. Do you want to say one, one sentence or two before we cut out? Yeah. Keep skateboarding. Do what you love. Don't let anybody tell you different. All right. Huge thanks to Cindy Whitehead and Nicole uh, for you guys for tuning in. If you want to follow, you want to follow Cindy, follow her at Sports Stylist or Girls Not a Four Letter Word on Instagram uh, or on Facebook and check out the website and go get her book. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio and I'm out.